Amnesty's Secret Santa Comedy Podcast with Miles Jupp. Hello and welcome to Amnesty's Secret Santa Comedy Podcast live from Shoreditch in London. I'm your host today, Miles Jupp. Uh, now, this is a free podcast. Everyone here has given their time up for Amnesty. Uh, so if you want to see what you can do to help, uh, keep listening right to the end. And we have a special message for you. Uh, we've got live music throughout this podcast, by the way, from, uh, from Owen Parker uh, here. He's worked with Girls Aloud, Pet Shop Boys, The Wanted. I've no idea. And, <laughs> and, um, and now Amnesty International. How are you, Owen? I'm very well indeed, Miles. Uh, what have you been up to? I've uh, been working with Pet Shop Boys, Girls Aloud, and everyone's favourite boy band, The Wanted. I, th- I thought that was the case. You've just been on tour, though, haven't you? I, uh, yes, with uh, Amy MacDonald. Amy MacDonald. Yes, all what? around Europe and the UK. What has been the least, um, least exciting aspect? Brussels. Of Brussels. Brussels. There we are. Now, Owen, <laughs> you, you've written some, uh, some jingles, I believe. Um, I say written. I've got some words on an iPad. When Miles Jupp won Celebrity Mastermind He sat uncomfortably on the big chair as the credits rolled He'd beaten Wayne Hemingway and his glasses His chosen subject was cricket Miles likes cricket And recently his book Fibber in the Heat was nominated for Sports Book of the Year by a leading bookmakers But to promote that on a podcast like this would be vulgar (laughs) Thank you now, we have a brilliant show uh, for you today. Uh, Deborah Francis White is here, uh, the boy with tape on his face. Uh, imagine that. Uh, we've got songs, stand-ups, uh, a little bit of chat about why we're doing this. But first, uh, we're going uh, to have some comedy for you. We have a man who has won basically every comedy award worth winning and several other ones um, uh, the Nobel uh, Committee have bestowed uh, an almost humiliating number of um, uh, awards on him. Uh, he's one of the finest headliners in the UK comedy circuit. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the wonderful Mr Phil Nichol. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Um, now, this is a true story. I, because um, I, it's Christmas coming up, I wanted to go and join the gym. And um, I'm not going to say which gym it was. I'll just say that fitness is uh, the, the first and foremost <laughs> priority to them. They're, they are not virgins when it comes to putting people through their... Now, so I went inside and I said, okay, can I just I look around? And uh, the, the girl said, look, just sit there and I'll get someone to show you around. I said, no, it's okay, I'll just have a little look around. She says, no, please just sit there and have, I'll get someone who, and they'll induct you. I said, no, 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 I don't want to be inducted. I just want to have a little look around. She says, I'm telling you, sit there and some will come and blood you in for the induction ceremony. So, and I, so I was, and this is true, I was there for about 40 minutes and because I'm Canadian, I was so polite, just sat there and finally the guy showed up and started asking me questions. And so this is now a transcript of the conversation. <clears throat> Man, have you got diabetes? Me, can I have a look at the gym first? <laughs> Man, have you had any heart problems? Me, I just want to know where the rowing machine is. Man, the usual fee is this, but if you sign up now, I can give you a discount. Me, I wasn't planning on signing up today. Can I just have a look around at the gym? I want to look at a few gyms and I'll take this away and I'll come back and I'll think about it. Man, you can, but then you won't get the discount. Me, well, I can just come back in another time and ask to sign up again. Men, you can't, sir, because you sign in at reception and we'll know your name. Me, I could put down a fake name. Men, I'll remember what you look like. Me, I'll wear a hat. 
man, I'll still remember what you look like. Me, I'll come in and find out what days you're not working, and then I'll come in again and sign up with someone else. Man, I'll make sure my team are fully aware that something like this might happen. I'll make it my duty to make sure you don't get that discount. Now, at this point, I was so angry, my heart was racing, my butt was burning, I was near to, this is crazy. The man is like, now, if you'd like to look around the gym, I'll need an emergency contact number. I left the gym, and I swear I have never been so pumped up as when I left that induction ceremony. I am definitely going to go to fitness. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you guys guess what the name is. Phil Nichols. Uh, how are you? I'm, I'm really well, thanks. Yeah, it's coming up to Christmas. The angst is on. I find, I find people re really annoyed, um, pu extra pushy, and uh, every man for himself. Up until Christmas Eve, when they become loving and giving. I think it's time uh, for us to hear a jingle. No, oh, please. Uh, uh, from, uh, from, Mr. from Mr. Owen. Phil Nickel was born in Scotland to a Scottish mother, but raised in Canada near a nuclear plant. He appeared on a special edition of the UK game show, The Weakest Link, in 2007, and on being voted off, he stripped Kid before taking the walk of shame. Host Dan Robinson joked that it was disappointing because he only had a small part. Thank you. I was horribly annoyed at that show um, because they pixelated it. And uh, one pixel. Well, that's Christmas cracker jokes, maybe. Had you, uh, was that pre-prepared behavior? Did you decide in advance, whatever, if I win or lose, I'm gonna uh, remove all my clothes? I had no intention of removing my clothes on national television. And what happened was, uh, she kept going right from the beginning as she picks on you. said, oh, you've won an award for a show called The Naked Races. You're only funny when you're naked. And then everything I said, she went, well, that wasn't very funny, but it would be if you were naked. So we got down to the last four and I was voted off, tactical voting. I was the strongest link, by the way. Uh, <laughs> It's true, Rob Deering, if you're listening. Um, it's, uh, it's interesting she focused, uh, focused on the naked aspect of your work and not the racist aspect. <laughs> I guess something comes naturally to her. Uh, but, but she, when, when, so I decided she goes off and on in between. And uh, so I, I said to the audience, if I do get voted off, I'm going to get naked. And I think it was part of the tactical voting was to get me naked. So I stepped to one side, took my clothes off, proudly put them under my arm and walked off. And of course she cracked, but um, they had me read Take It because my, because my microphone fell out. Out and made a noise, so I had to go back and put my clothes back on <laughs> and recreate it, so that Anne could, <laughs> so that Anne could stare me down. And the best part of this is, I my family live in Canada, and I, did, I didn't tell my mother that I was on the the uh, the weakest link because it was only on in Britain. But they show it on uh, in on the in British television in Canada. And to much to my dis disdain or much to my, my chagrin, my father rang me one morning from uh, Canada and said, "You'll be happy to know that you were on the weakest link." I said, "Oh, I was." And uh, you didn't tell us that you were on it. I said, "No, I didn't. I didn't think it was important." Well, we got all up and saw that you were on it. So we rang all of our friends from the church and told them to watch you because we're very proud of you. Little did we know you were going to disgrace the whole family with your little willy. Uh, My mother wasn't impressed. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. Thank Phil you very Nichol. much, everybody. Merry Christmas. Oh, no, really. You, you, don't, you don't have to, really. And uh, we're going to bring someone else for a chat. Uh, it's a man who has recently uh, wrestled an alligator. He studied at, uh, uh, at a college called Lecoq, uh, and uh, he had a role in Ricky Gervais' show, uh, Life Too Short. Ladies and gentlemen, it's only Eric Lamper. Oh! 
Bonjour, bonjour tout le monde, comment allez-vous, ça va bien Oui on est, on est content ici à Amnesty International Hein No one understands Alright, fair enough. Come on, this is Amnesty International, International You should all understand, it's like they said, oh you've got freedom of speech, but I didn't realize that we had freedom of speech, but in English Ah, oh, unbelievable. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I am French. Um, so I cheated, it's not like I'm clever or anything, I'm actually French. And I quite like being French, it's quite handy, especially in London, uh, because I, when those charity muggers come and attack you, right? Because it is an attack, in a way. Uh, you know, you've got, like, uh, the cancer ones, the amnesty ones, they're always coming at you! And so when I see them, when you see them, maybe you cross the road or you get on your phone hoping it doesn't ring. Oh, I'm so sorry, I'm just on the phone. Right, but I can just go, ah non, désolé, je parle français, right? And I can walk right past them and it's incredible, it's an incredible thing. But in London, they're like language ninjas, these guys. They're so good, baguette. They know exactly what, what to say to make you feel guilty and it's really annoying. Like, you know, you walk past them and they're like, excuse me, mate, do you want to help some kids in Africa? Ah non, désolé, je parle français. Ah, moi aussi! Uh, 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 nein! Um, uh, um, ich spreche in Deutsch uh, und mein Hund ist in mein Schlafzimmer. Um, ah, sehr gut, ich verstehe Sie! Alright, mate, you legend. <laughs> Touche, how much do I owe you? Three pounds a month? Okay, fair enough. So, they're so good! So I recommend you learn another language for this sort of thing, but like you guys learn stuff like Où est la bibliothèque, which I... Why? Like, if you go to France, like, who here wants to go to the library? It doesn't make... All the books in France are in French, right? Like, how... I mean, you guys seem like an educated audience. If you're listening to this, you're probably intelligent. But like, how good is your French that you want to read a book in another... Like, you might get where's, where's Wally, right? Um, uh, obviously, and even then, it's Où est Charlie? It's a different title, different name. Like, it's uh, Voice uh, Walter in Germany, uh, Where's Waldo in America. I asked a Swedish guy once, I went, oh, what's Where's Wally called in Sweden? And he went, Who's Wally? <laughs> I just thought, wow, that's a totally different book, isn't it? <laughs> like, I found Wally, but has he found himself? <laughs> that's why he's traveling, right? He's all... <laughs> He's on a gap year. That's a little bit about my life. Uh, thank you very much. Bye bye. Eric, let's, uh, let's just hear a little bit more about your life from, uh, from Owen. Oh, wonderful. Eric Lampe, Eric Lampe has lived in 29 homes across seven countries and three continents. His father was a jockey. His favorite books are Where's Wally? And he once starred in a scouting for girls video. Ah, oh, just sweet desolé. <laughs> Thank you. That was that was amazing. <laughs> uh, no, you uh, you trained at the Lecoq Mime School. Yeah, so it was only for like a month. It's not not long and not long at all, but. Um, it was good fun because I, I do a lot of stuff with my face. Uh, people that are listening, that you can't, you can't see how weird my face is. Uh, <laughs> but it's pretty interesting. Um, so I had to do a lot of stuff with masks just to learn how to actually use my body. And that was, that was really fun. Really well, because you were mainly just focused on... Just your mainly face using my so, face. Yeah. If, if you're listening at home or on the bus or in a, uh, some sort of remand centre, uh, <laughs> Eric, <laughs> rightly or wrongly, um, <laughs> <laughs> Eric, 
Eric, Eric does have a, 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 a sort of fascinating face. He's got a very interesting... You've got an extraordinary bone structure. You would... Yeah, so I've, so I've got big gums, uh, which, which, I mean, which is the first thing that people see. Uh, that didn't help as, as a kid, because obviously my dad's a jockey. Uh, he rides a lot of horses. So uh, I'm sure you can work out how I was born. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Phil Nicol and Eric Vampire. Yeah. It is time uh, for a bit more stand-up now. Uh, a young comedian, uh, which, of course, I used to be, uh, 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 the Guardian themselves said, uh, this stand-up is poised to become the next bright young sensation on the comedy circuit back in, back in 1964. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, let's see for ourselves, shall we? Please welcome Matt Richardson. Hello. My name is Matt, and I'm 21. I live at home with my parents. Can we cheer if you live at home with your parents? I like it though, I live at home with my parents and I love living at home with my parents. And I love living at home with my parents because I live rent free, right, which is awesome. But it's got its downsides, like I came home the other day and I heard my parents having sex, you know? Which is grim, that is never a nice moment in anyone's life, is it? That's pretty awful. But it didn't really bother me that much. Well, until the third voice kicked in. <laughs> and um, I told that joke recently in my hometown and my mum and dad were in the audience. There was like 250 people in this gig. And I went, until the third voice kicked in, my dad stood up in front of everyone and went, that's me he's talking about, what a legend! <laughs> Which was the point I obviously informed him that none of the voices were his. So, you know, I still won. And. Like the thing is, though, I, I kind of I, I like where I live as well. I live in Oxford, which is really nice. Um, and I sort of I got my dad is a problem though because I live in Oxford, but I've got a proper working class dad, right? A proper no nonsense man of a dad. And I, I'm a middle class ponce, obviously. And I know I'm middle class because I've never been stoned, but I have been pebble dashed. And essentially. <laughs> Essentially, right, I, 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 I struggle in Oxford because my dad has instilled in me a chip on my shoulder. And the chip on my shoulder I have is for really posh people. Sorry, Miles. Uh, really <laughs> posh people. Like, the ones that he hates and that I've sort of got this chip about as well is the Oxford University rugby boys. They are my least favourite people in the world. If you don't know the kind of people I'm talking about, they're normally called shit like tarpaulin. You know those ones? Uh, you know the ones they wear gilets around? You know gilets? I hate gilets. I don't care how French you are. That's a body warmer, right? <laughs> you know the ones, you know, that, oh, I'm so posh, my arms don't need to be warm. Uh, you know... Um, Bellends, I think they're called, if we're being honest. And uh, I nearly said the C word there, uh, but I don't know how uh, rude the radio can be. The radio? The internet. Uh, the internet is very rude. Don't bother looking, mate. Like, trust me. And uh, <laughs> The thing is, like, I'm not very good. Like, I've even got a girlfriend. So I'm not even slick with my own girlfriends. I'm a disaster. Because obviously this is the Amnesty Secret uh, comedy podcast. I find that she wants to know all of my secrets. And I don't like that because I, I like having some things to myself. Like, we were sat together recently in silence and she just sort of piped up and went, Tell me something you've never told anyone before. And like, I don't know what she wants me to say there because I don't have the... She wants something profound and romantic and beautiful and I don't have anything like that. She wants me to turn around and go, okay, fine. I was by myself on the beach in Thailand travelling and um, as I looked out onto the island of... It was the beautiful sunset and the rain started and it poured down my body and as I stood there I realised how insignificant I was in nature and I just wept. I started weeping because in that moment I realised the power of true love. Whereas really, the only thing I've never told anyone is I once had diarrhoea so badly, I got out of bed and shat in my own hands. <laughs> and in that moment, I realised the power of uncooked chicken. <laughs> my name's Matt Richardson, enjoy the rest of your day. Babe. Well, it's time for another guest. She's the founder of the Spontaneity Shop. Uh, she's a former Jehovah's Witness and claims to be able to get anyone in the world to sleep with you. It's only Deborah Francis White. Yeah. 
Owen, jingle. Deborah Francis White, Deborah Francis White Grew up as a Jehovah's Witness, all right But one day she said, that is that Now she says the best way to get almost anyone to sleep with you Is to wear a hat Thank you. Yeah, surprisingly true. Beautifully, beautifully sung by a man wearing a hat. Um, he's, he's seen my show, he's taking it on board. Yeah, it's working out for you as well. <laughs> Deborah, you, I was going to ask how you are, but you, uh, I know how you are. You're, you're invigorated. I am invigorated, Miles. It's true. It's true. I'll tell you why I'm invigorated. Because I was adopted at 10 days old. Um, the, the, that's, that's, I've recovered from that. That's not the, that's not the invigorating part. Um, and f I had never seen anyone biologically related to me or known of anyone biologically related to me um, ever, ever, ever. Had found out my birth mother's name about six years ago, Googled it, there was nothing. Googled it, there was nothing. Sort of stopped Googling it. And then five weeks ago, went for lunch with a friend who was telling me, oh, I've got family I've never met. And I've, oh, I've, I've never met any of my biological family. Very happy with my adopted family. Uh, all fine, don't panic. But, uh, but never seen anyone related to me. Come home, Google. All this stuff came up. All this stuff. I was just dropping off to sleep. I was really tired. I was never more awake. I was like, oh my God. And suddenly, the electoral records and the censuses had gone up online. And I could see the house that my birth mother was living in when she got pregnant with me, when she had me, that she was living with her mum and her dad, all her brothers and sisters, everything. It was so exciting. So I'm suddenly there, Googling, mentally Googling, like a Nancy Drew, like just looking at all these things. And I, I, what I realised, because I suddenly knew where she was from, because we'd been told she was from, I was brought up Australia. I know I don't sound especially Australian, but I read a lot of Enid Blyton as a child, and I picked up the accent from the books. Um, and uh, so, so I, I went on. I, I was, I was, I was born in Brisbane, and we were told that my birth mother was from a different state, was from very far away. She was actually from 20 minutes from our house, so my mother could have pushed me past her in the pushchair. So suddenly, I was all terribly exciting, and uh, and so I went on Facebook because I thought I now know. I know their surname and the area we were in. It's an it's an unusual surname. I thought this is the first time. Ever I'm going to see someone related to me. And I put in the surname and the area, and the first guy that came up was a man called Clint, and he was wearing a T-shirt, surfer dude, wearing a T-shirt that said, it ain't gonna suck itself. <laughs> oh, 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 stop it right now. And I actually closed the laptop. I'm like, I don't want to know anymore. I don't want to know anymore. But then you can't. You can't. I'm doing a show about it. It's called Half a Can of Worms. Uh, you're going to tour it next, next year or something? Uh, yeah, probably. I don't know how I'll pr present it, because at the moment, it, the show changes every time I do it, because there's more stuff. Uh, so it, at the moment, it's running an hour and 45 minutes. Well, well I hope January uh, goes all right. Um, can you very quickly say something really nice about Amnesty International? <laughs> What an elegant segue. Uh, <laughs> um, yes, I can, because I'm doing another show called A Friend of a Friend of Dorothy. Um, and this is my show about, being, uh, about gay rights uh, and about being a fag hag, although I don't like that expression because I'm not comfortable with the word hag. Um, <laughs> come on, gay men aren't allowing fag in any other context except when it rhymes with a worse word about women. Uh, it's, um, I'm, I'm playing around with bender befriender. Um, I'm messing with that. I'm, I'm trying to come up with something else. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm really, I've really become into gay rights in the, last, in the last year. And I find it absolutely extraordinary that there are countries my very close friends can go to where they would be killed. 
They just, they just can't, they could, they can't, they have, they have limited options. They have limited holiday options, my gay friends. But the fact that we are, you know, we're positively pushing forward in Britain and there are other countries where it seems to be polarising, it seems to be getting worse in other countries. And I think the work Amnesty does uh, to, like, I was talking to Peter Satchel recently and he was saying that, um, you know, there, there were times, there's been times where he's been alerted and he's been able to get someone out of prison and he's worked with Amnesty on those things. And I think, um, you know, the work that they do is absolutely extraordinary because people, you know, there would there would be so many more people dying and, and suffering in terrible ways. Um, so, so yes, very very happy to be here at Amnesty today. And was even given a scented candle for coming. So, you know, it's just a winnity win win win. Ladies and gentlemen, Deborah Francis White. Uh, Deborah, uh, please stick with us. Uh, we're going to get on uh, another guest. He's taken the world by storm uh, without so much as opening his mouth. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, he's known as Sam Wills to some. To others, he's known as the boy with tape on his face. <laughs> Here he is, the boy with tape on his face I did actually write quite a long wordy jingle for him But we're running over according to producer Richard Melvin So I'm simply going to accelerate haste The boy with tape on his face Sam, welcome. Howdy, hi. Uh, uh, massive, um, incredibly successful mime artist. Uh, you're about to open a run at the uh, the Duchess Theatre. Yes, yes, in the West End for 22, 22 shows in total over Christmas and New Year's. Which is that's, that's an astonishing thing to, I mean, to do a run in the West End. That's uh, uh, you've come from. I mean, how long ago did you did you start performing? Uh, it's, the, it's not a character, is it? I suppose it's. A no, it kind, it kind of is, isn't. This is the weird thing. I never really had any sort of training. I, I sort of started out as a, a street performer who uh, moved into indoor comedy stuff, and then I developed the show. <laughs> yeah, I know. Indoor, comedy. Indoor comedy stuff. I know. The luxury of rooms and walls. You mean to pay to be here? What? <laughs> <laughs> they can't walk away. Oh, they can. Uh, they, uh, so yeah, I, I did about 2005 was the first show, and the, the show was essentially it's audience interaction with uh, prop comedy and uh, puppetry and 80s throwbacks music. Because it strikes me as almost a sort of a bomb-proof thing to do. I've, I mean, I've done uh, a number of gigs, and I, I find it hard to imagine it sort of. It not working really. Is that I, something? I mean, is that is that just because you've just you just keep adding layers of skin, as it were, to the act? Uh, I think I've just. Uh, it, it's fairly universal. I think it's, it's pretty simple as well, in the sense that it's childish play-like fun. So it's hard to take the the mick out of it. I don't really get heckled ever, which is good. I mean, have you gone through a gory phase? I mean, now it's sort of. I'd imagine ninety-year-olds can enjoy your work. Eleven-year-olds, uh, ten-year-olds, nine-year-olds. Have you ever, have you gone through a sort of gory phase? Sometimes you see like uh, you know the young props guys. They always seem to be sort of covered in blood and nails. Oh yeah, I used to do a whole lot of that, and that was my old sort of style of prop comedy. I started out doing um, circus Saito, Jim Rose stuff. Uh, hammering nails at my nose, eating light bulbs, and and that sort of thing. I used to do one routine where I would uh, a female audience member would hold a power drill and I'd lower my face onto it. Ooh. That was that was my shtick. Yeah. <laughs> so I did it that. It turns out you don't even have to do that. You just have to describe it and you get the same That's reaction. It, yeah, exactly. But there was that feeling of I was doing that for a number of years, and it's like, well, do I really want to be growing old doing this? Is this going to be my life? Hammering nails at my nose? No. <laughs> I'll gaffer tape my mouth shut. That's much better. <laughs> there, there's a win. <laughs> Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much indeed for Sam uh, coming along. Uh, please do go and see him at the Duchess Theatre if you can. Uh, Deborah, good luck with your many, many and varied uh, projects. Thank you very much indeed to you both. Thank you. Yeah. 
Now, what Christmas show would be complete without a Christmas song? Uh, well, not this one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Play Us Out. Matt Roper and Loretta Main singing Happy Goddamn Christmas. <laughs> You blocked my number on your telephone. Forgiveness leads to festive joy, my friend. I asked Santa if you take me back again. Loretta Main, you are insane. Please go away. What? They only gave you that restraining order yesterday. Ah, oh, hello, it's Christmas Eve. Why can't you let it go? Let me in, it's freaking cold out in the snow You said you'd love me for the rest of your life But then you attacked me with a carving knife Why? Yeah, you drank three liters in half an hour. I had to dial 999. Hey, I can hold my Chardonnay. You shouldn't have taken it off of me. Well, that's no reason to break my nose. It wasn't exactly Christmassy. Come on, be my Santa. Let me sit upon your knee. I'll release the dog if you don't get off my property. Bells are ringing. La, la, la. Angels are Time for goodwill to all men But if you can't accept my apology If you can't see that I'm true Then I say Happy goddamn Christmas to you Yeah, happy goddamn Christmas to you Do you remember when you told me You would hold me as we Lay in fields of gold Then I found that black and threw you out upon your ear All those lies you told Now this is getting old <laughs> The bells are ringing Out your ass Angels singing la, la, la. It's time for goodwill to all men Cause I'd be real untrue if I said Happy Christmas to you song, ladies and gentlemen, is currently sitting at uh, 117th in the Netherlands audio comedy chart on iTunes. Um, 
Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much indeed to all of our guests today. Thank you very much to you uh, for listening. We'll be back with more comedy and more secrets next week. I have been and will remain Miles Jock. Goodbye. <laughs> Sex for me at home became a little bit like arriving late at the theater and trying to find your seat. Just a lot of shuffling, a bit of shushing, a pause, and then from somewhere in the darkness, just a whispered, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was Jack Whitehall on stage at the Secret Policeman's Ball in New York in 2012. If you would like to hear more of that kind of thing, and if you would like to help Amnesty International, then why don't you buy a copy on DVD? It features Eddie Izzard, Coldplay, Catherine Tate, Ben Stiller, Sarah Silverman, John Stewart, Russell Brown, Noel Fielding, and loads and loads of other very funny people. You could also buy The Secret Policeman's Ball book, A Poke in the Eye with a Sharp Stick. It's packed full of comedy gems from Amnesty's famous Secret Policeman shows, invented by John Cleese and friends, and featuring some of the funniest voices of the last 30 or so years. Both are available via Amnesty's online shop, Amnesty Shop. .org.uk